0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast with me, Scott Chaloner. The podcast, just like the Leaders' Council itself, is all about recognising and celebrating those people who keep this country running. We exist to give leaders a voice outside of their own organisation and to support them in the same way they support their staff every single day of the week. If you are in a leadership position yourself and would like to have your voice heard on the national stage, I'd encourage you to go to leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Now, joining me on the programme today on what is a cool, cloudy autumn day here in the capital city is Michael Thorne. Michael is a tax specialist with over 25 years of experience in US and UK tax services for expatriates, primarily within the big four accountancy firms. Uh, Michael, very warm welcome to yourself today and thank you ever so much for taking the time to join
1: us. Well, thank you, Scott. And, uh, it's nice to be talking with you.
0: It's a pleasure welcoming you onto the air with us, Michael. Um, Normally at this point in the programme, we tend to dive straight into the subject of leadership. But considering the ongoing COVID-19 situation, I do feel it's appropriate we approach the subject matter from that angle, because for leaders within all walks of life, it's proven to be such a significant challenge. For yourself, though, and your own business, Thorne Expatriate Tax Services, to what extent has the pandemic affected things?
1: Well, I suppose first and foremost, I would say that um, the industry we're in, we're in, we're extremely fortunate um, in the respect that um, the work hasn't stopped. Um, we we still have the, the, uh, the tax compliances services that we provide that have to continue and still have to be met. Um, and and so our challenge wasn't so much in. In staffing and whether we could keep people on, and did we need to, you know, change hours? It was really the way that we, the way that we work, and uh, making sure that we could still, still deliver those services. So, so extremely fortunate in the respect that, um, it, the, the effect on us was that was the way we work rather than the ability, the ability to deliver.
0: That's very, very good uh, to uh, to hear, really encouraging that it's not affected, that capacity to keep operating. And in terms of to sort of adjusting procedures to sort of adapt to the changes that the pandemic has forced, what sort of changes have had to come into force, if any?
1: Well, we're we're a, we're a small um, family business. There's, there's eight or nine of us. And we, you know, b- before um, lockdown, we were very much sort of office based. And, um, yeah, you know, we had to move very quickly to all being uh, working from home and uh, making sure that that was as, as quick and as seamless as possible. Again, probably quite fortunate there because uh, my wife, who runs the business with me, her her background is in um former career was in airside management, so contingency planning was one of her one of the big bugbears as we were setting up uh, setting up the business. So again, we were pretty lucky in that we had some procedures. Um, in place, you know, not really ever expecting that we'd have to mm. use them, but uh, but we did.
0: Absolutely right. And um, thinking about sort of how long this is likely to be in place for, because even if we do have a vaccine, it's unlikely to work as a magic bullet. Can you see some of these sort of ways of working um, that have come about during the lockdown period becoming almost a permanent fixture of the way that we do business in this country?
1: Um, well, well, yes. I mean, it'll be interesting. I think that there are, there are always changes and I think, well, I should say first of all, I think a lot of people are very resilient. And so you, you find a way to make things work. And I dare say that at the the end of this period, whenever that is, there will be some things that we hanker for and are looking forward to, to returning to. And, and at the same time, there will be um, innovations that have come in, different ways of working that we will want to keep. And I think that will... That will develop over a period of time because I, I don't think we're going to have a sort of big bang uh, point where everybody returns from 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 day one back to working as they were before i think diff, you know different businesses will have different um challenges with that and, and within our own business you know people's sensibilities and uh c- concerns about returning to the office and how they work all have to be taken into account i think one has to be empathetic with that mm. um as well so um Yes, I mean, we have flexible working um, already in terms of home and um, and, um, and from the office, but uh, but yeah, I think it, it, we're able to work a lot more easier from home as a result of this because mm-hmm. uh, people have been set up, you know, to, to function more, you know, full time from home rather than it being a, a more occasional practice. And of course, just
0: switching focus now to touch on leadership a little bit more broadly, which is, of course, why we are here. Um, you started your business, Thorn Expatriate Tax Services Limited, back in 2010. Do correct me if I'm wrong on that, Michael. Um, no, that's right. Yeah. I'm interested to um, understand what some of the um, influences and motivations were behind that decision to go into business for yourselves as a family.
1: Yes, well, I had worked um, for um, well nigh no, 20 years within um big four for uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, providing UK and US um, expatriate tech services. Um, because at 2010, as was a kind of a crossroads um, of career, whether I wanted to continue that and, uh, and what the options and alternatives were, um, particularly within the United Kingdom. And uh, I think uh, myself and my wife as well, we were very up for a, a new challenge and thought it was something that we could um, deliver to, to clients um, you know, by forming our own business and, and really having a sort of, per, uh, a, sorry, um, a uh, you know a very sort of personal, ser- a very personal service in terms of how we deliver the, the UK and US uh, compliance and advisory services. Because although you know the commodity is a is a tax return, it's a filing with regulatory authorities. I do consider it very much mm-hmm. a people business um, and the interaction with clients. So it was something that excited us. and I thought we would. Uh, We'll go at that time, young family, children at school, you know the ability to see more of them as well, more mm. of those factors came into play.
0: I suppose it's quite easy from sort of a leadership point of view working within your family as a business, and um just sort of thinking about um how your sort of almost like sort of business model leadership model has grown. Are there any sort of figures from your days working within those big four accountancy firms that you've encountered that have maybe influenced you and helped shape you into the person you are today, do you think?
1: oh yes yes i mean i mean for sure um i think everybody that you come into contact with influences in in some ways and sometimes positively and sometimes negatively but uh yes i mean there are there have been some you know very strong leaders dr- during my career there that i've very much looked up to and admired um in the way that they operated um and you hope that some of those those things that you do admire and uh um, that you can continue in your, own, in your own development and how you then lead.
0: And Michael, considering that this issue has been amplified by the ongoing COVID-19 situation at the moment, I was interested to ask you just to what extent do you think that mental health is important within leadership, both in terms of safeguarding your own well-being but also that of the people you work with?
1: Well, I think absolutely fundamental. Um Anyway, and I think the you know the events of the last few months have brought us into sort of very sharp focus. Um, when you're together and you're in the office and you see mo- uh, each other most of the time, then um, you can very much sort of check up on each other, make sure that everybody's well. We're, we're quite a close knit um, group um, within the firm. Now, moving to uh, you know to lockdown, and particularly during the lockdown period when when you know, people could essentially feel very isolated then um mm. you know things like Zoom team meetings, um, regular catch ups, they were all I think very important just for us all to check up um, on each other if we were coping well both with work and, and outside of work. So um, you know, the last thing you want is people feeling unnecessarily stressed by their work when there are all sorts of other things to cope with. And everybody's got their own situation and their own mm. touch points with that. So um they yeah, very important.
0: It certainly highlights and, um, the importance. Yes, yeah, Carry on, Michael.
1: So I was going to say, and I think um, that will continue um, mm. through the, the winter. In fact, I see the coming few months as, as as even more of a challenge. With that, you know, in some respects, the first three or four months when there's a lockdown and it's very tight rules, then um, you know, it's a little bit easier to, to monitor how people are feeling, and and um, there's a very sort of quite a tight boundary in terms of what you can and can't do. Um, and we had a very um, you know, hot, warm um, summer. So outside environment this was sort of quite important, I think, in assisting in people's mental health. As we go mm. into the winter with you know, colder, darker, a bit more uncertainty perhaps about what's happening or what we can and can't do and, and how that may change, I think that aspect is going to be very important to keep on top of with everybody.
0: Mm. And what certainly technology has done, uh, as I was about to say, is um, it's really helped keep the communication channels open during this time. And it has highlighted the importance of communication between leaders and between their teams and um, how important that is in sort of keeping well-being and morale high. Um, And just thinking about the winter now, as you've sort of alluded to there, which is coming it will be with us um, over the course of the year the next uh, few months um what is it over the uh, the next sort of 12 months michael that you're really hoping to achieve as a business in this uncertain landscape and what are you really hoping to have achieved
1: well it's interesting as i think i mentioned at the beginning we're very fortunate in that our work hasn't stopped um and we still have a, a you know very sort of thriving business to to manage and work in uh, and I think a lot of the challenges over the next 12 months will be both continuing that and also dealing with our client situations. And by, by the nature of what we do, we're dealing with people who are uh, living uh, perhaps not in their home country for work or for personal reasons. And we're now coming across those situations where Um, You know, our our clients have been um, moved around or have moved around either voluntarily or been locked down and quarantined in different places. And so I think there's going to be a lot of sorting out of uh, people's tax affairs over the next 12 months who have had cross-border considerations. And Mm. really, I sort of hope that we come out of that as a business still thriving and also having provided... You know, solutions and some guidance and assistance to our to our clients so that uh, you know hopefully we will come out of all of this and we can then um, you know stride on to the future.
0: Yeah, it certainly seems as if there's plenty to be getting on with over the uh, the next few months and plenty of opportunities out there. And I certainly wish you all the luck in the world in capitalising on that, Michael. And I think actually, just given how um, there are still a great many variables in this and there's still a lot to be determined in how we move through the pandemic, that it would be really intellectually valuable to actually catch up and have you back on the programme in a few months' time so that we can just assess what has changed in the time between we've spoken and uh, also just see how things are getting on behind the scenes at the business and how you're really starting to seize the those opportunities.
1: Yes, yes, we're very happy to do so. Yeah.
0: Yes, I'd certainly welcome that opportunity as well, Michael. It's been a real, real pleasure welcoming you on to today's programme. And most importantly as well, until we do hopefully get to speak again, please do take care and stay safe with all that is still going on as well. Thank you, Scott. Thanks. I'd also like to extend that message to all of the listeners tuning into today's programme. Please do continue to look after yourselves, stay well and be considerate of others because it does make such a key difference in saving lives during this time. Um, It was a pleasure for me to welcome Michael Thorne onto today's programme and coming up next on the show today, we'll be handing over to Jonathan White for his exclusive interview with former England cricket captain Sir Andrew Strauss. Now, during his playing days, Sir Andrew joined an illustrious club of just three England captains to secure the ashes both at home and away in australia and racked up the second highest number of test victories for an england skipper in history since retiring from playing sir andrew spent a brief period of time as director of cricket for the england and wales cricket board and has become a champion for charitable and mental health concerns and i do hope that you all enjoy listening just as much as jonathan welcomed the opportunity to speak with him that is of course coming up next
2: Hello and welcome. I'm Jonathan White and today we're joined by Sir Andrew Strauss, former captain of the England cricket team and former director of cricket at the ECB. Sir Andrew, thank you very much for joining us today.
3: Real pleasure to be here. Thank you. Uh,
2: The pleasure is all of ours. You know, Andrew, you've had a distinguished career, as I said, both on and off the pitch in English cricket, recognised not least with your knighthood